Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. I am Jonathan Ellsworth, and I'm here with Luke Coppa, and you can check out everything that we are reviewing and doing over at blisterreview.com. This episode of Gear 30 is presented by the Moment Factory Store, located in Reno, Nevada. Now, this is a truly unique blister-recommended shop because in addition to getting the best custom boot fitting and ski services in the Reno area, you can also go to the Moment Factory store to get a Moment Ski Factory tour, meet the crew, and get excellent boot fitting services. Now, what you're going to want to do is schedule an appointment with Moment's lead boot fitter, FASA, who specializes in big mountain freeride boot fitting. The Moment Factory store stocks some of the very best equipment from the brands they use and trust the most, including Alpine and touring boots and bindings, backcountry equipment, and accessories. And fun fact, we occasionally get the phone call from the folks at Moment where they ask us what we think of a particular binding or boot that they have found to be quite good and interesting. And we chop it up about that. And often they then will carry those things or maybe they'll hold off if they're not quite sure. And it's not a product that we think is a absolutely sure thing. So that's kind of some of the behind the scenes stuff. Now, in addition to everything we've just said, they also offer free moment demos for anything in the moment lineup that you are interested in trying. And the moment factory store also offers a wide range of ski services, including tunes, ski mounts, waxes, repairs, maintenance, and skin cutting. And furthermore, these services are not only available on moment skis. They'll do this stuff on whatever skis you happen to have. But if you do have Moment Skis, regardless of where or when you purchase them, all ski services are free of charge for the life of the ski. That is a hell of a deal. So check out the factory on your way through Reno or schedule a boot fitting appointment today. And we'll include a link in the show notes of this episode to get you the information that you need and point you in the right direction. So yes, as I said, I am here in Blister headquarters with Luke Kappa in Elevation Hotel. And I'm just going to say it, it's a little bittersweet. Sunday was closing day here at CBMR. It was glorious. I am trying to finish up an open mic piece that is a bit of a reflection on that closing day. Um... It was just amazing. It's kind of an all-timer for me. I, I can't say that I have vivid memories of a lot of closing days. This one, I don't think I'm going to forget. How about you? Do you tend to remember closing days, Luke? Uh, I tend to remember that they're always fun and also a little bit sad. Uh, the specific memories, like this past closing day, we just kept talking about previous closing days. Hmm. They do all tend to blend together in terms of the details. We're like, what was the year that Butte & Co. got a karaoke machine? Was that last year or three years ago? <laughs> um, so, like, the details get a little blurry. And I'm sure there are other aspects of it and certain substances involved that make those details a little blurrier <laughs> uh-huh. for closing weekend. But, um, 
yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it is always some of the most fun I have, but also in the back of your head, there's just that just black fog that ski season is over <laughs> and you try not to cry about it right. and but also enjoy the really excellent skiing yeah. uh, that you're doing at the time. Um, so, yeah, I had a fantastic closing weekend. It was super fun and then got real sad real quick. <laughs> yeah. What, by the way, was the quote on the back of your fluorescent pink vest that you and your friends were rocking closing weekend? Yeah, the quote, we all had different ones. Oh. Um, mine was a quote from Tim Robinson's show, I Think You Should Leave. Uh, up top in big letters, it just said Turbo Team. And below that, it said, I don't know what any of this shit is and I'm fucking scared. <laughs> Which, two lines from some of my favorite sketches from that show. And that's one of my favorite shows of all time. All my friends who got the matching vests are also big fans of that show. But I think my friend Alex said Dr. Raccoon PhD because as you found yeah. out, he is a PhD yeah. and a big fan of raccoons yeah. and he got a raccoon onesie uh, and a pink construction vest over that. Um, another one of our friends, Jake, uh, just started his own painting business. And so his said in big letters, painter with a question mark and below that hardly even know her. Um, wow. And then our friend Gail's just said, holy grail. Uh, cause her nickname is grail. Uh, but yeah, we were, we were very easy to spot this week. Yes, you were. <laughs> do you have any photos of that, by the way? I feel like we need to post a photo of I think you I do. and or the crew. Yeah, we have, oh, we have a photo as far on a chairlift, which is kind of funny. We look like we're like going up to like dismantle the silver queen or something. <laughs> um, and I, I know I have like some short video clips of blading with the vest on. Yeah, we'll we'll add some stuff to the okay. to the post for this episode. That was a pretty memorable chairlift ride with you and Alec talking about raccoon studies and phenomenology and uh, philosophical theology. There was a lot going on. There's a yeah. lot going on there. Yeah, I'm glad you got to meet him. He is one of a kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, bittersweet. Um, I mean, my ski season sure as hell isn't done. I'm leaving for Alaska on Saturday. I don't think you are off of skis anytime soon. No, I saw, I figured I'd give like CBMR operations people a few days or maybe the full week to like shut down and like get their equipment off the mountain. But after that, I'm trying to be skinning up there at least a few days a week, mostly just to get myself out of the house. And cause it looks like we're actually going to go into a spring cycle pretty soon. And Skin in for corn is super fun. Um, be doing some more skiing. I'm going to try and do a Breck trip at some point and test some more stuff. But mostly just like while I love spring touring for very different aspects, I also love lift access spring skiing for very different reasons. Yeah. So I'd like to like to have a bit more of that in my life before I really call it quits. <laughs> yeah. One other big highlight that I just talked about on a blister happy hour live stream that we recorded a little bit ago ended up skiing the last day with wendy fisher who was on snowblades champ her, <laughs> her champion winning moment snowblades she wendy just was in uh at palisades and uh won the pain mcschlonky event and uh 
So what a like wild bonus, like unexpected bonus. I I was I planned to link up with some friends and then I like am walking out to the chairlifts and Wendy's just there rocking this like gold outfit on Snowblades. And uh so for more details on that, all blister members can go check out our uh most recent happy hour for more on that. But that's a pretty pretty remarkable closing day story Mm -hmm. like it was amazing conditions you're out with good friends and then you know one of the greatest big mountain skiers of all time is just in your crew so pretty (laughs) good on snowblades on blades blades. after just winning (laughs) a couple of my friends won i don't even know if i'm allowed to talk about it there's an unofficial blade the extremes event here closing weekend and i mean for anyone who happens to be in Crested Butte for closing weekend, talk to any local you can find, see if they know where it's going to be held because that was some of the best entertainment I've seen <laughs> in forever. It was amazing. Huh. <laughs> um, we should probably talk about gear. Oh, wait a minute though. Before we do, what's your favorite show that I've never heard of? This Tim... I think you should leave. I think you should leave. Yeah, it's a... The origin of it was he was a writer on SNL and this show was, it started off as a bunch of skits that he wouldn't, just no one would let him actually do on SNL because (laughs) they're so absurd. It's a very specific type of humor, but you kind of either love it or hate it usually and I happen to love it. Okay. So I need to check it out if for no other reason than to be able to judge you on whether I think your sense of humor is good. Or bad. Or I was looking insane. for. I was looking for better words than good or bad, but that's all I. That's all I got right now. Yeah, uh, where, you'll, you'll probably either laugh a lot or think I'm a crazy person. Okay, where do you see this? Netflix. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll have to check this out. Now we can talk about gear. I'm not even going to ask you about your diet recently. You you miss out on it. Really? <laughs> okay. In that, I take it back. When, when I walked in, or when you walked in. To HQ, I was finishing up uh, a free, uh, I guess technically it's a brat, but borderline hot dog that I got from the store because at the end of the day, they just throw all the ones that have been sitting on the rollers all day. They throw them away. I was getting a four pack of beer and uh, one of the employees came up and was like, hey, we got this extra brat. Do you want it? I was like, is it, you're just going to throw it away? And so I grabbed that and it was delicious. Really? Yeah. I, I was like, what? Because... I've had a lot of... It was a cheddar brat and I've oh. had a lot of those coming from Wisconsin. Yeah. I was like, why does this taste better than normal? And then I realized it's because it's just cooking itself and rolling all day on the grease from probably a thousand months or yeah. years of greasy food yeah. on there and it's fantastic. <laughs> wow. Wow. That, that hasn't been a staple in my diet, but that was... Yeah, happened 30 minutes ago. <laughs> okay. Do you know what those sell for at the store? I don't. I've never actually bought one. I've gotten, I think this is my third free one. <laughs> Turns out if you come around, I think like oh, 630, no. um, you can just see if they've got any extras. So I'm just going to start <laughs> posting up by there, just walk in when we, they're closing down. We now know where to find Lou Kappa around 630 p.m. most days in Mount Crested Butte. Very good. Okay. Wow. Glad I didn't ask. <laughs> okay. Now maybe we should talk about gear. I don't know. Maybe I'll start. I'm freaking going to Alaska on Saturday. First time in my life 
which is kind of wild. Like I've been to some pretty cool spots to ski, never made it to Alaska. Uh, as we've mentioned multiple times in different places, I mean, Paul Forward has literally been on my case to get out to Girdwood since like 2012 when I met him. So really excited about this trip uh, for all kinds of reasons, like um, not just for the sake of skiing and flying with Chugach Powder Guides, but definitely looking to get at least a day or two at Alieska Resort, hoping to drag Paul out while I'm there. And it's sure fun, like showing Paul lines in Crested Butte. And like, I want to see the stuff that is like, this is kind of my go-to lines for him. Um, so that should be fun. We're going with some really good people. Um, Mike McCabe, um, the owner of Folsom Custom Skis is going. And so, um, yeah, it's been, as always, pretty interesting. Like, so what are you bringing? Maybe that's particularly interesting in our case, since there's technically like dozens and dozens and dozens of ski boots we could potentially take and hundreds of skis we could potentially take. So naturally, I've been thinking a lot about the ski boot question. And uh, honestly, where I landed on this, I'm going to be taking the Hawks Ultra Extended with the BOA. And I, I mean, honestly, I think that's, I know with all the like questions about BOA and, you know, all the outrage and questions and everything else, like we got plenty of ski boots that I could take and I'm going to Alaska for the first time. And um, if I wasn't comfortable in this boot, I would not be bringing it. Um, but I think I am going to bring it just for the sake of getting more days in it. I just had earlier today the Atomic Extended Professional Liner. That's the foam injected liner. And just had our guy Hunter uh, fit that to me. So. The primary boot will be the Hawks Extended with the Extended Professional Liner. Probably going to attach the NAR bars on there just to make look it cool. <laughs> just just to look cool. Um, just to make it as Alpine boot ready as possible. But then I I was thinking today maybe I should take a backup pair of boots because kind of stupidly skiing AK in this new liner. This will be my first time in the setup. That's not something that I would really recommend anyone ever doing. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you were a blister member and sent us a question like that saying you were going to do that, we'd be like, no, bad idea. Granted, you have actually, you've skied that boot I've skied in that the boot. stock liner. Yep. Skied that boot stock liner, got along with it pretty well, but it is my first time in the, in this newly foam injected version 2.0 of this liner and so i'm i'm kind of tempted to actually take the hawks professional shell it's the hawks ultra boot fixed cuff but i might tomorrow go back and have hunter foam inject the regular standard atomic professional liner not the xtd version and yeah there's i don't know it's there's a lot to think about yeah have you decided on skis? I'm not bringing any skis. So the the thought here, and this is pretty funny. Um, I am like 
Paul Forward keeps talking about this Folsom Rapture 192 centimeter ski. And I'm like, I'm skiing that damn thing. Like I have never seen that ski. And so I'm like, I'm coming to Alaska to ski the ski that Paul's been raving about for a couple seasons now. And last night at a text, I sort of was like, yeah, Paul, so cool. Be out there planning to ski the Rapture. And he literally texted me back and he's like, well, yeah, I mean, you can ski it for a day. (laughs) And I was like, you know, technically that's like a blister review pair of skis. But I thought that uh, it it kind of just shows um, Paul was not really like, oh, yeah, that's great. Ski it as much as you want. I'll get on any of these other skis. He, He wasn't really trying to have me on his beloved 192 his yeah his <laughs> i mean yeah yeah he is pretty particular about that stuff we did just ship him some 190 fat skis that may or may not get there in time for you to try them okay but i also knowing paul i imagine his garage or cpg's yeah. hanger yeah. looks a yes. lot like the strange queue yeah. <laughs> in terms yeah. of the number of skis we, we've sent a few pairs of skis out there i know that i'll also be getting at least some amount of time on the Folsom g wagon and then paul also informed me last night as he was informing me or just after he informed me how i maybe could get a day on the rapture 192s that he was going to make both me and Mike McCabe ski the discontinued K2 Powabunga. So apparently I'm going to get a day on that. And uh, I, did, I actually at this point don't know how many other discontinued skis I'm going to be be getting on out there. Yeah, I feel like that's half of Paul's collection is just hanging on to the niche super fat skis of yesteryear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, But as you said, I mean, Paul's got... Um, Paul's got a heck of a quiver out there, so um, it should be good. And and I haven't even looked at the weather, not one time. Um, so we'll see what kind of conditions we're getting into. But yeah, I'm uh, not thinking I need to bring skis with me on this particular venture. And so that kind of has me thinking about liners quite a bit. And that then got me thinking about like the whole atomic professional liner, this foam injected liner versus zip fit liners that you have been skiing a decent amount since our blister summit. And I just would be curious on some of your thoughts about zip fits versus the foam injected professional liner. So I had never skied a zip fit Alpine liner until this year. I had spent time in the their GFT touring liner last year. Uh, but at the summit, got to try Agara HB and really liked it because my my main worry having spent the past season and a half in a mimic professional injection liner was that zip fits cork approach would not be able to achieve the same level of kind of precision in terms of uh conforming to your foot that first test day at the summit pretty much resolved that concern for me it wasn't exactly the same as an injection liner, but it was it, like really impressive heel and ankle hold, uh, which is my main priority. So then I ordered a pair and I uh, have been skiing that pair since probably like early to mid-March. And I did have to add more cork. Um, we had about two and a half tubes left over from the GFT, pumped them full of those. I think I could probably still add more. Um, but there's uh, 
like toilet paper in COVID, there's a, a zip it cork shortage <laughs> going on right now. Um, but right now, I'm still really happy with the the overall fit. I don't think it's quite as precise as my first Mimic Professional liner when I first got it fitted, just in terms of like filling absolutely every void around the ankle area. But it's pretty damn close. And the big upside is the adjustability of it. We One of the recent additions to Blister HQ was a boot heater. Yeah. Um, or I guess liner heater. And after getting Kara's advice and just when it was really cold outside, I've been throwing them in the, the heater before I go out on a pretty regular basis. And that cork seems to... It did take a while. Like, I think it took me probably a week to get the zip bits feeling like I wanted them huh. to. Interesting. Like, yeah. I think it was just a matter of that cork getting, yep. moving around, yep. getting to where it needed to be. But now I'm really psyched with the overall fit of it. I could still find it, fine tune it a little bit more, but very happy overall. And the main upside, in my opinion, in addition to the ongoing customization of it, is the long term durability. I haven't tested that for myself, but I know Kara's skied in zip fits for more than 500 days. I think you were probably pushing that number with, with your own. Yeah. yeah. Um, and mostly, I just want my boots to be consistent, especially as someone who tests a ton of skis. Yeah. I don't want that to change, especially in regard to fit. And the past, ever since my Mimic professional liners kind of packed out beyond the point of me being super... <clears throat> confident in them i've been doing a ton of experimentation and the zip bit the gar hv in my mach ones has far and away been the best option i've used um i've tried different shells different liners different combinations of shells and liners mixing matching brands like it's been a lot um so yeah very happy with that and then i just recently got the v2 mimic professional liners fitted this time I may have may have jumped the gun because my second pair of Mach 1 shells broke uh, a couple weeks ago. And so all of a sudden I was scrambling to find a boot setup that I'd used for the last like week and a half of yeah. the year. And I really like the new Lang Shadow boot in terms of how it skis. It really does not fit me out of the box. But I wanted to give it a shot to both continue testing that boot and see how just how adaptable the Mimic Pro liners are. Um, in terms of different shells, because it worked great with my Mach 1s. And I was curious if it could take up enough volume around the instep and ankle area in the shadow boot and not add or not reduce volume in the forefoot. Anyway, I uh, did that with Hunter as well. Shout out Hunter. Shout He's out fitted Hunter. all of our like, pros so far. Um, and yeah, out of the like right after that fitting, I do think it it feels more snug overall than a zip fit just because i mean you when you it's still the weirdest feeling when the foam is actually injected yeah. and it's just enveloping your ankle pocket but it's tough to compare them right now because i've mostly been using them in different shells yeah. and the mimic pro in the shadow is not as precise of an overall fit when actually skiing as the gara in the mach one the mach one is the the boot that out of any boot I've ever tried, it's my foot the best out of the box. So it's not super fair right now. Yep. Um, but hoping to test that more in the future. And overall, like I, <laughs> I kind of wish I hadn't tried either of them because when I was testing a bunch of 
boots with stock liners or even putting a zip fit in a different liner that wasn't molded to or vice versa with the Mimic Pros, like I am no longer capable of accepting mm-hmm. sloppiness mm-hmm. in terms of fit. Yeah. Or like, and I still also like being comfortable. <laughs> Weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I think they're both really, really good options. Um, but if you want to live in ignorant bliss forever, don't try them because they will ruin a lot of other boot <laughs> setups for you. Uh, yeah, I kept going out in like new setups and then just like first turns down the mountain, just cussing at myself like this isn't good enough. Um, <laughs> so we'll be doing more exper- experimentation next season. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, on that note, I mean, one thing I do think that across the board, when we're talking about, especially if we're talking about uh, ski boot companies, kind of flagship models, stock liners are much better than they used to be. And so somebody listening to this, if it's like, oh, so Luke, I hear you say you want to be comfortable and you want a really precise fit. It's possible just Mm -hmm. given a person's foot shape that they're achieving that with their good stock liner. I do think then the big question with most of the stock liners I've ever used is how long is that fit that precise, comfortable fit going to last. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, um, ZipFit, we've talked about the durability on that front, the repeatability of it. You can continue to add cork. Man, Luke and Kara are getting super soft over here, like heating up their liners <laughs> like pretty much every day before they go ski. So there's, there's, that is, I think, the advantage of the ZipFit. Um, you know, these foam-injected liners, it's it's base for the most part it's a one one time deal. So if when you really like your shell, you have a shell you know you like that works for you, that is probably when you might really be wanting to move toward something like that. A uh, professional liner, I think is prop if we're just now giving some parameters of who should be thinking one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I skied <laughs> happily skied at least a hundred days in the Mach one with its stock liner. Yeah. I added a shim after like 40 days. I added another one after another 40 or 50 days. Um, cause it would, did pack out, but yeah. like I was, that was the best fit I had ever gotten at that point. Mm-hmm. And then that liner was fully packed out and had the opportunity to try the mimic pros. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, there's a whole another level I could, could achieve. But I, I was perfectly happy up until then. Um, so it's just, I think, I feel like it's smaller gains maybe, or the main, main thing is just like, start with the boot that works. What I've been doing the past few weeks has just been janky as hell. And because I have access to a bunch of boots, I've just been being my own boot fitter, which turns out I'm, I'm a terrible boot fitter. Oh, good to know. <laughs> um, cause it's mostly just blindly trying stuff and then figuring out that it doesn't work. But yeah, yeah, especially in the scenario where you found a shell that works, you really like it, and the liners you're in right now are clapped out, I would recommend like both the Mimic Pro and ZipFits are things I'd recommend to people. Yeah. So another thing I want to talk a bit about, we just actually released today, we are recording this on Wednesday evening, 
We dropped today our full review of the Rosignol Sender Free 110. We've been on that ski a bunch this year, and there's no question, man. Like that's got to be the ski for the unofficial. Like you're in the you're on a chairlift, you're in the lift lines. Everybody wants to talk about that ski. Ask about it um, more than anything else I've been on this year. So yeah, pretty high profile ski, and and I I would again unofficially argue maybe the ski that kind of has the most buzz and and interest at least within a certain type of skier group, and and you know you and I and Dylan Wood weighed in on it today, and it was interesting you know seeing what you wrote about it, what Dylan wrote about it, what I wrote about it. It's not the most straightforward review mm-hmm. of all time, right? Sometimes we get on something and it's like, yeah, we didn't really, none of us really clicked with something. Sometimes we're like, this thing is freaking great. And here's the easy explanation of all the ways it's great. And this was a more nuanced review, I think. And, and the reason I'm saying all this is given how much kind of buzz and attention the ski is getting. And by the way, Props to Rosignol because a lot of that is just that ski looks good. Mm-hmm. I, I think it just looks good and it gets people's attention. Well done, Rosignol. But it isn't the sort of ski that I think, oh yeah, everybody clearly can just go hop on this and they're going to go have the best time. And this is where in our world that doesn't have a whole lot of nuance all the time, I think it's a really freaking interesting ski. I also don't think everyone in the lift line ought to be on it. And and it's and, and you got to like actually read this one folks. So does that kind of resonate with you what I'm saying here? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And also like it's ironic cuz I feel like the skis that do get the most hype are very often the skis with the not smallest but smaller ideal demographics like there are the skis that I would recommend to the broadest range of skiers are typically middle of the road skis, all mountain skis that aren't super flashy in any particular regard, but just do a lot of things really well. Um, whereas this ski, it's what you see on free ride world tour podiums. Yeah. It's, I mean, for people who are fans of the black ops skis, they've been waiting for this ski for years so that also adds to the hype um but yeah it's not it's not a ski that's easy to recommend to every single person out there it's got it does some things really really well and certain skiers it could be their favorite ski ever i Mm -hmm. think yeah but a lot of other skiers have no reason to get on it it's pretty center mounted which if you read our review you'll you'll find out that we reference that aspect of it a lot because it is a one of the most defining characteristics of that ski. It's strong, it's heavy, it's pretty symmetrical, um, and it's one ten hundred foot. Like it I By the way, we don't say heavy around here. We say it has a good weight. That is what no, we that's say. That's a dumb way to because phrase it. it. No, I know. But everybody <laughs> that like Rosignol's gonna listen to this and then they're gonna be like, Blister said it was heavy or stupid. Don't listeners, worry, it's got an air tip. <laughs> the dumbest listeners will be like, heavy, that's a bad word. No, it's not. It the, the ski is a good weight. Heavier for its size. 
um, it good. is a good weight for its good. size. This is no, what I'm going to do from no, now on. No, this is, is what this is my new thing. Luke. I would I would destroy you if you're, you said that. And I was and I was editing your reviews. You're heavy shaming. You're yeah, heavy. Well, shaming. you're using terrible phrasing. Well, <laughs> good my, good weight is totally subjective and totally dependent on what we're talking about. No, it's I know. a terrible weight I, I know. for a touring ski. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. But I'm worried right now about I know I normally give props to the blister community and like our smart listeners. So maybe our the people actually listening to this don't need to hear this, but I'm worried about all the dumb people not listening to this. And I do think we're seeing a shift. And I'd love to take a tiny bit of credit for this. Like, weight is coming back into skis. Thank freaking God. But I, you, we have this debate a lot when you're like, oh, it's kind of heavier. And I'm like, all the shit lighter skis that I've had to fucking ski for the past 12 years, some of them are fine for some people, but we're, we're getting away from heavy shaming. That's my new thing. That's what I'm going to go with. We're getting away from heavy shaming around here, Luke. It's a good weight for a ski that's supposed to be damp and stable at speed. Yeah. It is heavier than average for its is size. It? Is it? <laughs> yeah. Look at, put, if you go to our review, no, you, you can pull up the wait to. list. It's I don't want to. Wait at the bottom. <laughs> this is heavy shaming. This is definitely how I'm going to talk about stuff from now on. So anyway, we know you listening to this are smart, but for all the dumb people not listening to this, don't don't make me spend all my time on these lightweight, crappy skis anymore, okay? And to be clear, I like the ski a lot. I'm just okay. <laughs> we're trying to provide... We're, we're actually both trying to provide context, <laughs> just in different regards. You just are heavy shaming, and I am not. I accept skis of all weights, except the light ones. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're skinny shaming. <laughs> I am skinny shaming. Um, okay, I feel like I was a slight digression <laughs> yeah. there. Back to your heavy shaming. Where were you going with this? So, anyways, it's a substantial ski. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's really good for, in particular, like, the, like there are several different types of skiers, I think, who could like it. But it really does feel like a ski that was designed for modern free ride competition skiing. Yeah. It is pretty damp pretty composed at speed and variable snow but it's also very balanced does not as far as substantial skis go <laughs> it's not that uh it's pretty balanced in the air has a relatively low swing weight for its heft <laughs> um <laughs> and uh yeah i mean like yeah for skiing fast down big faces and hitting airs and throwing tricks it's great Turns out that's not what everyone needs by any means, but it does feel really well suited to that. And it does bring... It's interesting how it blends elements of, well, several different recent Rosinol skis. Yeah. It's not simply a... It's definitely not a wider Sender 106. Definitely not a narrower Sender Squad. No. And it's not quite a narrower Black, Black Ops, Ops 118. 118. <laughs> it's really not. Yeah. It's really not. It looks like one. Yeah, I mean, like for example, if someone just gave me a blacked out top sheet on this ski and was like, go ski this, and it was like, what what does it remind you of? There's no way I get to like, it's like a skinnier Black Ops 118. It's And again, 
I like this ski. And also to be clear, I'm a massive fan of the Black Ops 118, but that is mounted at minus six, right? So I think that's- You prefer it at minus six. I wouldn't want to ski the Black Ops 118 on its recommended line. Yeah, which is about minus two or three from center. Right. But at minus six, I love that ski. And I love that ski in variable, and I love that ski in techie terrain. And um, yeah, and and I mean, that's basically my- punchline with the sender free 110 like if you let me have that ski mounted at minus 5.5 or minus 6 i'm very interested if you are like nope you can have this thing but you gotta ski it at minus 3.5 it's recommended line i'd say no thanks just from i mean i'm not yeah that should come as no surprise to anybody but yeah i um I personally click with a number of skis with famously Moment Baby Pro, minus six mount point on the 190. Love that ski. And there's a number of skis I really like at minus six or seven. I can get along with skis that have more traditional mount points than that. But for me, and I think this is the point that I really wanted to stress in my portion of our review, just think hard about what kind of mount points do you tend to get along with because if you're like, I'm, I like a Cochise, which is like a minus nine or minus 10 mount point, but that new Razi Sender Free 110 looks sick. Mm, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. I think while we always point out that you are a much more directional skier than Dylan and I, you do very much enjoy several skis that are mounted around minus six. And that is probably nearing the limit of how far back I'd mount the center free right. 110. Right. Because if you look at it, if you flex it, it's designed around a pretty symmetrical overall silhouette. And if you're like, can I mount it at minus eight or minus nine or minus 11? You should look at a different ski probably. Or you should think of it as a very different ski in your quiver. But yeah, the, the mounting point is a important factor um for me i didn't i didn't have as strong of a preference as both you you or dylan dylan goes the opposite direction he likes it mounted closer to recommended for me the the bigger difference is just that especially comparing it to the other skis rosy has put out recently like it is not a narrower 118 on your point if you did put black top sheets on it which actually we skied it with black top sheets a year ago it definitely looks like a narrower 118 but once you actually ski it the stark contrast for me is that the 110 it brings a level of precision that is not present in the 118 yep um and also more energy uh which i appreciate when using it as more of like a everyday ski skiing very mixed snow a lot of firm snow um it it is an excellent carver for a pretty center mounted 110 underfoot twin tip ski yeah um i was blown away by that the first day i skied it um but it's also not as schmeary and loose and surfy as the 118 which sometimes i didn't love when skiing tight moguls and this is most noticeable on firm snow like it does feel surprisingly loose when the conditions are soft 
but on firm snow, it's it's not a super surfy ski, which makes sense when you think about like they designed this for athletes who mm-hmm. are making big, high consequence, high speed turns in conditions that are usually, I mean, by the looks of it, kind of shitty and not all POW. Yeah. Like the 118 was originally designed for POW, which is kind of funny because it's, it's not a great POW ski. It's the best soft chop ski I've yep. ever skied. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's it's not as straightforward as it's simply a narrower 118 or or it's it's not a, a narrower or wider anything. It is its own ski. And I think that's part of why, yeah, that review required a lot of nuance because it blends traits from all these different categories. And the end result is, like you said, super interesting. Yeah. We're staying on this for a while. I think this has just turned into like... We just spent like four hours on the review. We have to do this again. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I didn't talk about this part in our review and I want to get your take. I want to get your take on two things. A Blister member wrote me and was saying, hey, really looking forward to getting your take on this Sender Free 110. They said, I read somewhere. I don't know if they read someone else's review or watched a video. I'm not sure where they got this. But they were they were saying somebody was saying that the Sender Free 110 is going to be a ski that people who loved the Rozzy Soul 7 will really click with. And I want to talk to whoever said that. I was like, what are you even talking about? Had that ever dawned on you? No, the only thing they share in common is that you can kind of see through their tips, but even then, like the <laughs> as we talked about in the Blister Summit brand lineup video that we also published with Rosinol, uh, they use a completely different version of that. Yeah. Like the Soul Seven and all of really the Seven Series skis with the air tip, as originally came out, like the air tip insert was like a foot long, and it yeah. was one of the softest flexing pieces of a ski we've ever felt. The version they're using now, I mean, it flexes like a normal ski. It is a, <laughs> it's a strong tip. Um, but other than that, I can't think of really anything they have in common. Um, I don't know who would have said that, but uh, yeah. So th- this was my thought when I first heard that. I was like, sometimes I feel like our job is to be like. If this is what is getting out there from other outlets or forums or whatever, no, absolutely not. At no time whatsoever was I like, oh, I get it. They discontinued the Soul 7, but this thing will uh, like at no. And that's like how we think about these things, right? Like, who's this for? Where does this slot? What does this remind us of? What are the closest kind of competitors? Like, I just think that is going to be an extremely misleading statement. It is a much better weight. I was trying to think of my non-heavy shaming way to say uh, it is a much more substantial ski than the Soul 7. The tips have nothing in common. Thank God. Thank God. There's not an absurd amount of tip taper on this Sender Free 110. And there's no photos of me literally bending the tip back into my knee, which we have a photo of me doing some years ago on a Soul 7 for reasons you just explained, like that soft 
tip, overly soft tip, I would argue. So no, like anybody who has heard this, that this is like, yeah, for people who love the Soul 7, go here. I I don't think so. Um, not that this is the burliest ski of all time at all, but like that's just a misleading, that's a misleading claim. Yeah, I mean, even like when Rozzy got rid of the Soul 7, they said at the time it was called the Black Ops Sender. Now it's the Sender 104 Ti. Yeah. They were like, this is like, yeah, it's different, but if someone like the Soul 7, this is what you go to. And even that ski is not even remotely close. Yeah. And the Sender 110, Sender Free 110 is a, a step above that yeah. in terms of being how far away it is from the Soul 7. Yeah. Okay. One more, one more claim here. We are talking, actually, a lot of what we've been talking about is kind of specifically referencing like the 191. And I don't know that you agree with me on this, but I spent some time on the 184 mounted at that minus six. And that I did actually think this is a length and just a ski overall that is not some... It's not at all some like burly, like, are you a comp skier or former comp skier or not? Like, I thought it was a really nice ski, quite manageable, still willing to pivot, still has a bit of heft to it to make the suspension pretty good on the ski. And the 184 at a minus six is a ski that I was like, they're maybe are a good number of people that are looking at maybe the Razi Sender 104 or 106, wondering if they should go that direction. And if you are looking for a ski to be used in soft chop or softer variable conditions or pow days in the like, you know, six inches to 14 inches of pow, not necessarily three feet, but I do think that the Sender Free 110 in a 184 mounted at minus six is a more accessible ski and a good ski. And I, and I think that um, it's different enough and better than that Sender 106 or Sender 104, a bit softer snow and a bit more and definitely more POW oriented. So I think it should be on the radar of those people. But again, if you're just like, I really like the Soul 7 and it's time for a replacement, no, this is not the same ski. It does offer people an alternative in that, in that width and Rossi's range in terms of, I think of it less as conditions and more of like, it's just a much more maneuverable off-piece ski. Whereas the Sender 104, Sender 106, they are... I mean, actually, all of them carve really well, they but do. the the center 104 and 106 are quicker in terms of turn initiation. They finish turns with more power and yep. precision and yep. energy, and they're just better on piste overall. Yeah, um, off piste they require a pretty precise technique. Yep. Like you can't just expect the tails to release and yep. be able to pivot through everything. Whereas the 110, you can do that much more so. I'll still stand by that it's not as loose as you'd think on firm snow. Um, granted, I most of my time on the 184 was fresh out of the box when we hadn't detuned it at all. Um, so that definitely helps a bit. Yeah, I mean, it. yeah, in, in that shorter length, it's definitely more manageable. 
and it's still yeah far cry from a soul seven and there are other skis in that one ten underfoot tip and tail rockers more center mounted that are still much easier if you just want an easy going off piece ski but if you're interested in the centers because you think they'll they'll probably be good in terms of stability um and suspension but you're like i prefer something a bit more center mounted that i can i don't have to drive the shovels all the time but it's still pretty damp and stable yeah that, that that's your ski okay where do you want to go to next uh so kind of throughout the season, but especially at the end, people ask me, well, yeah, a lot yeah, of them ask, what's what the best say. ski? Right. Uh, what's the which, best ski you've been on this season? Right? Yeah, yeah. Which is not a fair question. Then a lot of people ask, what's my favorite? Yeah. And then I'm like, favorite, what, 90 to 92 underfoot <laughs> ski or yeah. 93 underfoot? Um, but anyways, one of the ones that I have, I, I kind of judge that by if I'm giving myself a uh, a free day where I just get to ski what I want to ski. Mm-hmm. What have I been grabbing? And ironically, it's not like usually it's it's a ski that really stands out in a certain regard because those are just the ones that come to your mind more easily when you're thinking of the hundred skis you've tested this year. But this year, one of the one of the main ones has been one that's more of a generalist and it's the Armada Declivity 102 TI. Uh, we had skied and reviewed the Declivity 92 TI a couple of years ago. I got along well with it, liked its combo of on-piece precision, but it was it was still pretty quick and energetic off-piste. Um, but it was a fairly light ski. Um, I'm not light shaming here, but uh, it was like 1,800 grams for a 180 centimeter ski. Uh, the 102 is right around 2000 grams for 180 centimeter. And it shares a lot in common with the 92, but that bit of extra weight, that bit of extra width just makes it a more practical kind of daily driver option for me around here. It can, I took it out on, uh, some shallower pow days. It was totally fine, but mostly I've been skiing in firmer snow and it's got like the words that keep coming to mind are like just enough. It's got just enough suspension but it's got just a light enough swing weight and just a soft enough flex pattern without being too soft, just enough rocker to be easy to pivot, but still carves really well. Like it, it's a very good all mountain ski. And I know uh, Charlie's really been liking it huh. too. And we have it in a 180, which is not that long for Charlie. Um, but we've both been really liking it just cause it's super adaptable. And for me, like even though it's a directional uh i think it's a minus 8 mount point pretty flat tail uh it's still lets me ski how i want to ski like i don't have to be on the shovels all the time it's still pretty energetic but you can drive it hard through the shovels when you need to and yeah it just like it's hard to explain why but it just suits specific preferences maybe i didn't even know I had just really well. Hmm. And I can just stop thinking about the ski and ski exactly how I want most of the time. Hmm. Uh, when I don't, when it isn't particularly deep or like super firm or like, I know I'm not going to be skiing only groomers or only off piece, just kind of doing a little bit of everything. That's been one of my favorites this year. Interesting. I mentioned that we just a bit ago recorded this blister happy hour. And I actually talked a lot 
about the new Solomon Stance 102. And I skied that the second to last day of the Crested Butte season. And then the last day, closing day, I got on again the Vocal Mantra 102. Very interesting, perfect way to AB those two skis. And, uh, but I talked about that a bunch on happy hour. So for now, plus we're already like 55 minutes in because we talked about the Rosie Sender free 110 for so long, which I am not mad about. Go check out the last happy hour that we did if you are a Blister member and you can get some substantial thoughts. We like the word substantial. Um, sub- some of my thoughts on a direct AB of the new Solomon Stance 102 and the Mantra 102. But that means I can then kick it back to you. Pick another ski for me you think we should talk about. I'll close it out with one we got just just before closing weekend. Um, Vocals Revolt line has been there. I mean, typically freestyle yeah. oriented, pretty center mounted skis with pretty symmetrical designs. I really like the Revolt 121 as a POW ski and as a soft chop ski. Uh, but they, at the Blister Summit, they brought the Revolt 114, mm-hmm. which is not simply a mix of the Revolt 104 and 121. It's actually significantly more directional than really any of the other Revolts. And it's supposed to be, yeah, more directional, more big mountain, uh, less freestyle oriented model in the lineup. And I know Dylan skied the 191 at the summit. So and, did I. Okay. Yeah, he came back saying, like, this is a a big, strong ski. It is a big, strong ski. Yeah, so we got the 184 in for long, long-term long testing recently. That's what I skied. And, well, first day I skied it, didn't didn't really love it, but it was mostly I didn't really love my whole setup. That's when I was doing some boot testing. Uh-huh. And it was really firm out. I just wanted to get time on it before the lifts closed. And I was battling, like, trying to, like slide around refrozen snow uh on a 114 underfoot very strong ski and boots that were like had like what felt like centimeters of play in them <laughs> so that wasn't ideal but then uh the friday before closing weekend we had our last lift access pow day and it was like it had been s- snowing all day and so it was kind of just like soft in spots still a bit firm elsewhere pretty pretty low biz um but in those in those conditions, it felt, I mean, pretty point and shoot to me, like pretty intuitive. Mm-hmm. It has a good bit of the 121's maneuverability. Um, it demands a slightly more forward stance to get that. Like that 121, you can pivot so easily. And the 114 is still very easy to pivot and slash around. But you do want to be a bit more off the tails and on the shovels on it. And I, I haven't checked any of the specs yet, but it feels like a... Pretty substantial ski that offers good suspension, good stability at speed, um, while also still being pretty easy to um, throw sideways when you need to shed some speed. It also carves really well for a 114, um, in my opinion. And I think if I had to guess, I would guess the mount points like minus six to minus eight because it felt pretty adaptable in terms of skiing styles. It's far from a katana, like yeah. super different. But I think it feels an interesting niche because the the 121, I really like it. But like talking to Paul forward, he's like, I I can't ski that as my heli ski. Like it's way too center mounted. Mm -hmm. You you don't get enough uh, support from the shovels. And I think the 114 
will be a good alternative to people who like the 121 but didn't love the mount point huh. and the stance it encouraged. Uh, but yeah, I, the very initial time on that ski, it was uh, it was cut short <laughs> because by a, a explosive <laughs> crash on my part. Um, yeah, that last day, that last pow day on Friday, I went straight to. I brought out the Revolt 114 and the new Blaze 114, also from Vocal, thinking I could test some two 114 underfoot pow skis for vocal on our last lift access pow day went straight up to paradise cliffs <laughs> turns out the snow is fantastic and i got really excited uh ski paradise cliffs is it was a blast the ski like like i said terrible visibility but it helps when you're on a ski that doesn't get knocked around much in variable snow because you couldn't see what was coming um, so I was still able to ski quite fast and then looked at the North Face T-Bar line. Everyone was in it. So I was like, oh, I'll just ski Tower 11. That's fun. No one's skiing it. Love Tower and, 11. Yeah. And I opted for right under the lift line. I think just because when I'm skiing solo, it's fun to know that people are watching me ski. It encourages me to ski harder. <laughs> if I, if like no one's around, I'm just like, oh, I'll just... <laughs> I'll just take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, I went under the lift line and there's a bunch of like that line. There's a bunch of kind of mini moguls, but it's not it's not a mogul line. There's just a lot of rollers and bumps and stuff, but not a lot of trees right now under the lift. So you can't see much. And I like to hit those. It's a it's a double fall line. Um, so I like to hit the bumps as like hips and like catch up uh, on the upside and come back down and just repeat it. But like I said, I was excited <laughs> skiing fast. Also, there are people stopped at the top of the line, like checking it out. And whenever that happens, I like have to ski it even faster because I have an ego. Um, and did that, came into a bump that I thought I had hit before. And turns out I had gotten mixed up and couldn't see. And it was less of a bump and more of just a wall. So I hit it and my knees immediately hit me in the chin. And I was just weightless and i i was in the air for long enough that i was able to think i'm in the air for a really long time this isn't good and i finally landed gathered myself uh someone on the lift above asked if i was okay i think i just responded holy shit (laughs) turns out that two of my friends were on that lift Uh, they checked in on me afterwards I looked up and I saw something in the snow and then I realized my goggle lenses had been launched out of the frame uh, after my knees contacted my chin. My poles were still up there. My skis, I think, were, they were still on my feet, which is surprising. Um, but anyways, one of the gnarliest crashes I've had um, in terms of sheer like impact force. Uh, I was spitting up blood. I bit my tongue, I think. Um, and yeah, had to. I just like looked up at my goggle lenses for a while. Like, do I really have to hike up? I was waiting for the people I passed to come down and maybe get them, but they were still looking at the top of the line. Uh, so I had to hike back up. And then another one of my friends came on the lift and heckled me deservedly. Uh, and then yeah, got my stuff. Figured I'd hit my chin pretty hard, so I went straight back to the base. Went to the clinic. Um, I was like fully never lost consciousness fully coherent knew what day it was what time it was where i was why i was skiing was i was skiing 
um, but figured I'd go to the clinic anyway because I have blister plus bot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I knew I wouldn't be paying for it, which was sweet. Um, so I went there and they confirmed that I did not, as far as they could tell, they didn't do a CT scan, but they're like, you have no signs of a concussion. Uh, I did. Once I, once I got back, I finally pulled down my buff and it felt wet. And then uh, my roommate's dog, Bird, was in the shop and she just before I pulled it down, she just would not stop licking my chin. I was like, what is going on? And then I was like, oh, it's full of blood. Uh, so then I looked at that and I had a small cut right out of my chin that wouldn't stop bleeding. So got some stitches, got cleared of a concussion. Uh, somehow no broken bones. I thought for sure I'd broken my jaw, kneecap, Seriously? and or chin um, just based on the impact and the pain initially. But yeah, all things considered, walked away pretty lucky from that one uh and it wasn't the ski's fault it was excitement over the last lift pow day of the year <laughs> my god so one of the things that we keep talking about is i mean this honestly sounds exactly like the sort of incident where i or a number of people we know you blow up you're like well i can walk or i think i'm okay so we're just gonna assume i'm okay like the time I badly broke my neck, badly, badly, and didn't go to a hospital for five days. Um, but this is the whole thing when we keep harping on, this is why, or one of the big reasons why, you know, we are strongly encouraging people to get this Blister Plus Spot insurance because for $399 for 12 months of coverage, you something goes down, you can go get checked out. And you will be covered. You have $25,000 per incident, per injury. No deductible. I mean, so what are you smiling about? Because uh, I also crashed like two days later. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you were supposed to not be crashing. What'd you do two days later? Uh, I was mellow. I was on uh, blades. Uh, we took out, or I took on closing day, the first half of the day. I took out blades. My roommate Brandon took out straight skis and Schaefer, uh, who does uh, some of our summit videos this yeah. year, went out on the lunch tray, which is a snowboard that's, I, di I don't think we measured it. It's maybe like 120 centimeters long. It's the blade equivalent um, for snowboards. Gotcha. Um, it was a blast, but we were skiing towards, like I expected to have a bunch of mellow crashes because that's what you do when you're on blades. Um, I knew I wanted to ski Rambo because it was so fun on blades last time. And so we were making our way over there. And then like, if you're at the bottom of Hawk's Nest, like where it meets easy out, there's one short steep pitch that is always really rocky. And I knew it was, but I wanted to like hop turn around the rocks and then like hop turn into a spot that was shallow or whatever and kind of like rolled down the rocks and looked up and I uncovered a lot of them. Um, but, uh, nothing major, just like a lot of, a lot of bruising on the left side of my body. That's still <laughs> evident <laughs> today. God. Um, it's amazing. You're alive. Yeah. It's kind of I amazing. Know. All of us are alive. Come to think of it. I've gotten lucky a lot this year. Huh? Okay, so did you go get checked out that time or we're just like, we think the bruises are okay? No, it was it was a much, much lower intensity 
impact an injury. It was more just like if you like slid on your butt down like a gravel drive, a very steep, gra- very very steep gravel driveway. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, all superficial injuries. Uh, but yeah, I, I 100% would not have gone to get checked out for that first injury if I didn't have blister plus spot. Like that was just how I like. I wouldn't even have thought of it as an option. Yeah. But I'm like, all right, well I can. I remember stuff. I can feel all right. I'll I'll probably get some like super glue or something. Like nothing's in extraordinary pain and i don't think i have a serious brain injury that's fine versus you know there's a small chance like even though i feel fine mentally there's a small chance i might have a concussion and i want to ski this weekend and or maybe you broke your jaw or chin or kneecaps yeah 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 or that or this or this cut on my chin is going to get infected if it doesn't get stitches so yeah it's drastically changed my perspective and approach to that sort of scenario yeah well damn dude maybe i'm glad ski season's over <laughs> just we got to keep you alive a, a little longer I'm walking down here my knee was a little sore i was like yeah it's probably good to give myself at least a week off uh-huh. damn well anyway folks uh be like luke in the sense of get yourself covered actually be like all of our blister reviewers because we all are on this program now and turns out we make use of it uh, quite regularly. Um, maybe don't be like Luke in the sense of getting overexcited on powder days and that kind of thing. Low visibility. Low days. visibility powder days. But this actually kind of comes down to simple math, really. And this program, you get a blister membership and all the perks of a blister membership plus 12 months of accident coverage for $399 a year and think about what you are paying for your monthly insurance that probably still comes with a very high deductible of some number of thousands of dollars or you're listening to this and you don't have insurance. And honestly, any of you who are in that situation, hurry up, sign up. Your coverage starts the minute you sign up. So, um, we know too many people and including our entire blister staff, um, who is getting themselves into trouble. And then there's everybody else we know in the Gunnison Valley and our friends all around the world. Um, we just want people to get covered. And as we like to say, if you get wrecked, don't get wrecked twice. So anyway, man, glad you survived. Um, and, uh, Maybe that moves us into our what we're celebrating segment. Um, one, I'm glad you're alive because, you know, we have a big buyer's guide to turn to. Yeah. Uh, not only t- reason. <laughs> not too long. Yeah, I need you around for that. I'm going to Alaska for the first time. That's wild. Um, dream trip for sure. And um, yeah, I'm excited to just get to hang out with the crew we have going see a bunch of people in the Girdwood community who I either haven't seen for a while or have never met in person, um, only talk to on podcasts or phone calls or whatever. So really, really excited about that. Um, how about you? Um, I guess depending on the next time we do Gear 30 together, I'll do for now. I'm going to California and, uh, when this comes out like a week and a half, um, to, hang out in the desert with 
some of my best friends from high school and I'm assuming a lot of new friends. Um, and yeah, I like, I really, while I hate the end of ski season here, I do, I've, we've gotten in a tradition of doing some sort of like warm weather trip afterwards as yep. many people here do. Yeah, We've done Moab for the past few years, which is always really fun. But my friends who live in LA just happened to hit me up like a month and a half ago saying they were going to Coachella and asked if I wanted to go. I was like, shoot, I'll try it once. I'm going to be super out of my comfort zone. I'm going to be around. I mean, just in the festival, probably it's like a hundred times the population of Crested Butte, if not more than that. <laughs> um, but it'll be a nice change of pace. And I haven't really left the Valley since Christmas, probably. And that, period of time was amazing but also i'm looking forward to just change the scenery yeah bouncing for a minute okay so you go you go do your music festival stuff i'll go to alaska and then i'm really excited to get back here and just start backcountry ski season and and corn season yeah and we should actually I, that's also what i'm celebrating is that we'll we sh- I hopefully I hope that we will have a spring touring season because the past we did at least past yeah. two springs it's gotten really hot and really windy really quick yep. and everything's just like the snow is just deteriorated yeah I did see some dust on the snow yesterday which yeah. like gave me a mini heart attack but <laughs> then it quickly got covered by more snow yeah. um and there's so much snow to begin with that I think it should be a very very fun spring I think so too um let's see couple final notes before we go. One, on our running podcast, Off the Couch, we had Courtney DeWalter. You actually have a great Courtney DeWalter story, which we won't share at this point, but you've told on, um, I think, I don't know if it was a Gear 30 or probably a Gear 30. That was a long time ago. It was a long way. time ago. <laughs> um, Courtney, I, 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 I couldn't be a bigger fanboy. And uh, so I'm, I've never been more jealous that I didn't conduct that conversation. It was our excellent running editor, Matt Mitchell. But um, but check out that conversation with Courtney over on our Off the Couch podcast. This Monday, we've got Angel Collinson coming back on our Blister podcast. Um, the last time we had Angel on, it was right after she announced her retirement from skiing. And I think we launched that podcast a couple days after she dropped that news and it was kind of a remarkable conversation. I've been talking a lot with Angel over the past months. Um, she is a regular contributor to our open mic series. And um, so anyway, um, really looking forward to the conversation with Angel. Uh, this Gear 30 conversation will drop Friday morning. I'm recording with Angel Friday afternoon and uh, then that conversation will drop on Monday on our Blister podcast. And we're doing a thing, a bit of a variation of Mountain Town advice that I do with Cody on our Blister podcast, but we're kind of calling this just like Ask Angel. Um, and so if you have any questions for Angel about her own life or some life advice questions of your own, Hit us up with those questions on our social channels or at uh, info at blisterreview.com. 
And um, but we're gonna do a little bit analogous to what we've been doing with Cody, just having you know our listeners write in, and you know instead of Cody and me weighing in on some of this stuff, we will direct your questions to Angel. So I'm really looking forward to that. I think she's one of the most thoughtful and fun and interesting people in our whole broader outdoor world. And so um, really looking forward to that conversation. Finally, we just opened up registration for Blister Summit 2024. Um, and we are doing, I guess I will tell everybody this, we sent notes out to our Blister members because props to you, our dear Blister members. Blister members got first dibs to sign up. Um, we have early bird pricing going on right now. Uh, so if you are a Blister member right now, um, this early bird pricing is $250 for the summit. The, the normal price on that is $400. So uh, Blister members, check your email now. And you can always go to the Blister member clubhouse as well. There's info on there. There you go. There's also, in addition to the early bird registration, early bird hotel discounts yes. at Elevation. They're significant. Yep. So yeah, we want to take advantage of it. Yeah. So this is one of those, like, you want to be here at this thing this coming February. Just sign up. This is like, you know you're going to go get the best rates now. And then we will open up early bird pricing to non-members. I don't know when we're going to do that, but if you want to guarantee a spot, become a Blister member if you're not already. As Luke said, go to the Blister member clubhouse section on our website. The information is there. Get the best possible rates you're going to get on lodging and on the summit now. So that's what we got. Anything else? Um, I asked a bunch of my friends what their favorite moment of the season was. And one of my good friends who has probably never read a blister review, phenomenal skier, but not like a gear guy, yeah. said the blister summit. Wow. <laughs> Which I thought he was just sucking up to me at first, but then he said it to someone else when I was just eavesdropping. So there's another testimonial there's for another. why you should go. Yeah. It's really true. I mean, it's kind of a remarkable time. And apparently, whether you really love gear or not, um, that's certainly been our experience and um yeah this next one is uh it's gonna be great too mm -hmm. so and that brings us to the end of this edition of gear 30 i would like to thank sexy luke for the conversation and you know if he didn't have this blister plus spot thing he would now have this gnarly ass scar going on on his chin but thanks to blister plus spot coverage that would-be scar will heal up and go invisible shortly so we can continue to allow you to have the sexy Luke mantle. So I know... Grotesque Luke doesn't quite yeah, roll off the time. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Messed up face, messed up face Luke. So anyway, thanks as always. Always fun to talk gear with you, Luke. Thanks to the strikingly handsome Justin Bob. I don't know that Justin has had any facial stitches, which is actually kind of amazing. Yeah, I'd be surprised. <laughs> I that guy, that guy should be dead like eighty-seven times. He's looser times. than I am. <laughs> He's way looser than you. But um, I don't think J. Bob's actually ever had any stitches uh, to the These face. These are my first. Those are your first ever. 
Okay. Well, shout out to J-Bob. Um, you always do a great job. And thanks to all of you for listening. Hope you enjoy these conversations. If you do, please leave us a rating or a review. I've been looking at this again. I really want to get on a snowboard. So I've do been, I. I've been begging. So do you? Yeah. Well, you, you board all the time. No, I board like twice a year. <laughs> okay. So listen, people. I went from, I hope this never happens to, I really want to get on a snowboard. And remember, if we get to 750 ratings in Apple Podcasts, that launches our next Blister Crash Course video. So you will get to see Luke snowboard. He's probably actually good at it by now. I'll level the playing field. I'll, I'll get on the lunch tray. You'll get on the You'll lunch tray? You'll get on a regular board. Okay. <laughs> okay yeah, yeah. I don't think I'm ready for the lunch tray yet. <laughs> we really want to make this happen though, but I am not doing this unless you all hold up your end of the bargain in part because we're busy and it's always like, yeah, we got to get on all these skis and we can't go off and like get on boards. I also think though, if we're going to board this one, we need to do like two or three days. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. So I'm fully on board with that. Okay. So folks get us over the line. I don't know where we are right now. I think it's like maybe 600 ratings or so. Ooh. So get us there by next season. Yeah, there. you should. I mean, look, I know there's only a hundred listeners, at least at least to Cody's shitty podcasts. But Gear Thirty, we get ten to fifteen thousand listeners. That's kind of an average for us. So the fact that we're not at seven fifty, and all y'all freeloaders just sit here listening, not rating or reviewing the show, what are you even doing out there? So this is the part, Luke, where you just turn on your loyal listeners and you gaslight them. This is this is called good inside baseball. This is the inside <laughs> baseball part. Let's get this across the finish line. Let's do it sooner than later so we can actually start preparing for the snowboard video. We'll shoot it for two or three days. And um, yeah, and take that, Cody. Nobody listens to your podcasts. <laughs> Maybe you should be better at podcasting, Cody. And on that... I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. I think our next Gear 30 episode, we will likely record in Girdwood, Alaska. So I'm guessing, you know, it'll be me, Paul Forward, a guest or two on that. So um, yeah, talk to you next Friday from Girdwood. Bye, everybody.